Hi, everybody. Welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and I don't know much about the 2024 Republican primary election race, but my guest, Eve Stieglitz, does. Eve, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be uh, meeting with you in the Citadel of Freedom, Florida. Oh, yeah. So, Eve, the first question I wanted to ask you is, can you explain how the primary election works? What is the whole process? (laughs) Well, the whole process, everyone really focuses on the first two states, which begin in January. So there's Iowa followed by New Hampshire, and I just Mm -hmm. feel like every time this happens, every four years, that's where they focus, and all the other states follow, like, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. What happens in each of these states? So they have to have um, a number of people in each state, kind of like a caucus, like caucus for a candidate, and whoever has the most numbers of that, representing a certain candidate, usually wins that state. Okay. Um, But, what's looking right now, we're in a primary field that's almost like a I think it's going to be a quick game of Survivor. Uh-huh. If you've noticed, I believe two candidates have bowed out in the Who past the second? week. So um, there's Doug Burham and then oh. there's... Um, Mike Pence. Well, Mike Pence was two weeks ago and oh. I can tell you about that experience. Yeah. I was there in person. I was a few ah. feet away from him when that happened. <laughs> but most recently in the past uh, 24 hours was Senator Tim Scott. Oh, wow. Um, I actually know that name. I don't know who Doug Burnham is, so he probably shouldn't have been running in the first place. He's a governor of, like, North Dakota. He's a great guy, (laughs) though, and we're actually hoping to host him in uh, a young Jewish conservative event in South Florida and Miami soon. He's actually great. Um, He doesn't have to, but not everybody who's wonderful has to be president or, you know. Right. Um, But they could be great in other ways or maybe serve in a future administration. Senator Tim Scott... The most recent poll, I think, is a very good man. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking as a proud Jewish American here for all intents and purposes of the show and very involved in that community. And I have to say, he's been so wonderful on standing with Israel. And honestly, I think he came up with the idea of kicking out anyone on a student visa that hates America and burns the American flag and hates Israel, like to kick them <laughs> off our college campuses. He actually came up with the idea, and Trump's like, yeah, that is a good idea. And he's talking about it now, too, and DeSantis is talking about it now. But I think Tim Scott could be a potential vice president. Um, if I could just go in, I think yeah. like, I, almost like a casting director. Okay. And I'll curious to hear your thoughts on it as well but if you look at mike pence who was trump's former vice president yeah he didn't outshine him in any way right uh only if you were looking at january 6th and Pre-vent. saying during no, the actual administration not at all he, yeah. he, he the only like the fly got more attention than him in that yeah. debate and he always would just <laughs> you know and he was very humble and again for you know the four years of serving till january 2020 exactly he would always be like you know uh let's thank president trump like he he was very like i said he was very humble he was very much a we or president trump person yeah. So I don't see President Trump with a loud future vice president for this next election. I see him with someone more quiet. And there's other names thrown out there, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, maybe Byron Donalds. But I think Tim Scott could be a very good vice president because he is more of the quiet type. Are you going just based on Mike Pence's personality? I'm based on like... 
Like, I don't think Trump's going to have someone second in command that can outshine him in any way. So he won't want a Vivek and he won't want a Ron uh, DeSantis. I, but, do you I'd think love that, to see Vivek as press secretary. That would be fun to see him. Fun. That would be super fun. Do you think that if uh, uh, if Ron DeSantis and Trump weren't hmm. fighting yeah. and they were on a ticket together, they would be unbeatable? I think that's without a doubt. You think so? How you, come? Because they, they would have broad support because there are people who like Trump and there are people who like DeSantis and there are people who uh, like one and not the other. But if they're both yeah. on the same ticket, um, I think you get um, all the votes. <laughs> I, I feel like they've been so many attacks, more so from Trump on DeSantis than vice versa, but there's yeah. just so many attacks it might be too late. It's way too for late. that. But also, a good friend pointed out to me that really shouldn't you should never have a ticket for president and vice president where people from the same states. Oh yeah, that's not uh, allowed, right? I don't know if it's not allowed or if it's the etiquette, but you you don't see it. The ideal is actually to have a vice president from a swing state. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think again. There should be flexibility on that because I can't think of anyone from, say, Michigan. What about that a vice be... president from a different party? Is that oh, possible or is that not allowed? Like an RFK Jr.? Yeah, like just anyone. Like, is that allowed or no? Um, <laughs> I think it's... Because that would be a wild card. You know who I like? You know, actually, <laughs> I just thought of someone now, ba- Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, Hawaii. I mean, if it was a that Trump-Tulsi would, ticket... I would love that ticket. Is that possible or it's definitely under, possible? But would the Republican Party, um, you know, support a non-Republican vice president? I think. I mean, she's. I think. I don't even know if she's officially a Democrat or an independent. I think she left the indep- the Democratic Party because I considered her a conservative Democrat, like yeah. a, like a JFK Jr. Yeah. Um, sorry, a JFK, and I actually think she could be amazing. Yeah, and she's from a. A blue, a mainly blue state. I'm sure there are Republican pockets there, and because she was never a radical leftist, yeah. I actually think that that would be an amazing pick. Yeah, and you know, we were talking about looks the other night, and she it happens to be very attractive. I think she's very and I attractive. I think that would help. I think she's attractive. <laughs> I think she uh, mahalo. You know, the Hawaiian thing. She's a veteran. Yeah, she's everything. Um, she really. Um, it would be a diverse candidate ticket. I don't think she did. Uh, very well when she ran for president on the Democratic uh, Party, but she was my favorite candidate running in that yes. race. Yes, definitely the best was, of the debates. Most yeah, interesting. It was her, yes. Bernie Sanders, yes. and Andrew Yang that were the only ones that weren't just following what everybody else was yeah. saying. Yeah. And I disagreed way more with Bernie and, and right. Andrew Yang. Right, but I appreci- <laughs> we appreciated them being like out of the box. Yeah, and saying things they believed. Yes. Which I, I like. Honestly, I think that's a dream ticket, Tulsi and, and Trump. I think that could be really excellent. If yeah. not, going with the quiet option, Tim Scott, but thinking of other vice presidential candidates from like purple, yeah, you know, swing states. That, that could, could be, be interesting. It could be. Wait, so how? So let's just go back to the process for a sec. So they so they go to Iowa. They go. So each state has a. a primary election at a different time and that is how the caucus votes based on the votes in the primary election yeah yeah, and then and then the winning candidate then there's like a winning candidate of each state um but that will happen but those are the first two so Mm -hmm. everyone has the iron first and then there's a few weeks in between each one right and then also in between some people will drop out right 
Right. Like, look at Iowa right now. If you look at the numbers, um, and I looked this morning for uh-huh. the show, uh, Trump's in the lead, and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are tied for the second place. And when we're talking place. about lead and second place, how far away are we talking? Like, mm, miles. I'm pretty sure it was something like Trump was around 60%, and then they wow. split the... The, the I mean, they were then there were single digit candidates, but I know that they were tied. So to Trump 15, was at, 15 at 60 percent, and, and then they were tied for 15. 15 you said each. Nikki and 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 Ron were at 15. And then there 15. were some others in the single digits. I don't wow. know. Wow. And they're tied. So basically, their race in Iowa, to me, with two months and some change away, they're they're running for silver. Right. And um, I think I I attended the. Um, last presidential debate a few days ago in downtown Miami. A few days ago, uh, November 11th, 12th? In uh, in downtown Miami. 2023. I think it was the 8th. When was it? I'm just saying, just because I'm not sure exactly when this is coming out. Yeah, it was November 8th. November 8th. 8th So it was the very last uh, debate. November 8th, um, the presidential debate. It was held in downtown Miami in a theater. And but Trump has not been attending any of these debates, right? So Trump, that's a good point. So Trump wasn't present at the debate. I would have loved, I would love to see him on the debate stage. I understand strategically he doesn't need to be there because he's so hard. At the same time, he held a rally at the same exact uh-huh. time, about twenty minute drive away in really? Hialeah, Florida, at the same exact time with Roseanne Barr. Wow! Actually, who introduced him? It was her first Trump rally. But even at the debate, before we got started, and they have every candidate coming to this stage, and they're introducing them, and I'm not even sure if this was aired on television or not. I believe it was before, because it aired at 8. This happened around 7.45. Everyone's introduced. Everyone's, you know, cheering. And then suddenly there's a quick silence, like two seconds of silence, and you hear 50 people in the crowd go, Trump, 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 Trump. So I was like, well, it's clear who won here. (laughs) It's clear who won. Yeah. So, um, Is there any chance of Trump not being able to actually be president based on any of the lawsuits that are happening, based mm -hmm. on... um, Anything that is is happening right now, uh, is there a chance of him not even being allowed to be the president? Yeah, that that was a fear, right? I was sitting and consulting with a former criminal defense attorney for the Italian mafia. Okay. So he's seen a lot. He also was very candid with me that he's a stronghold Democrat. Uh He's actually even very supportive of the Biden administration. He hates... Trump. Yeah. He hates mainly all Republicans. I actually brought up Nikki Haley. And this man, by the way, he didn't even know I'm Republican sitting next to him. I'm, you know, we were just chatting. Yeah. But uh, I said, what about Nikki Haley? She's a social moderate. You know, she's coming off very uh, lenient on abortion. I think she has a good idea about the messaging from the GOP on it, which is like, let people decide on decisions about their own body, which is great. Um, and that government should stay out of it. I'm all for that, especially as a libertarian. Same on, by the way, uh, on the uh, the vaccine. It's like, why don't you be consistent and just stay out? The, the libertarian position on abortion is more complicated than the okay. vaccine. Well, I, for five, I feel like I'm consistent. I don't want government to tell me, what, as a woman or as an American, I don't want government to tell me what to do with my body, whether yeah. it's mandating a vaccine 
or mandating a certain time period, yeah. I could do, like make a decision. I hear that. That's how I feel. Um, so anyways, mentioned to this criminal defense attorney, Nikki Haley goes, it doesn't matter. Trump's clearly the nominee. The general's over. And he's going to go off scot-free. And he said this based on his experience. And this is someone who hates Trump. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. It, I think, I don't, I really don't think there's going to be an issue. But what I realized the day after that debate on November 8th was all these people on stage, they are so behind him. They have no, they have zero path to victory to yeah. winning the presidential <laughs> primary. But you know what they're all hoping? They're hoping that Trump goes to jail. And I'm like, well, that's pretty messed up. Do you think all of them are hoping that? They have zero path to victory otherwise. Well, like we were talking about, maybe they're running for other positions or cabinet positions sure. or vice president sure. positions. I mean, I think That's Chris very- Christie would be happy if he goes to jail. I think that yes. uh, maybe at, at this point, Ron DeSantis might be. I don't know. Of course but he is. I don't know if everybody yeah. on the, that stage is hoping for that necessarily. Well, Especially, it- didn't most of them raise their hand and say they would pardon Trump if they won? Um, that was at, I believe, like two debates ago. But the yeah. point is... As of now, if they're serious for about running for president, like a Ron DeSantis, like a Nikki Haley, then that's their only shot. Right. And it's clear. And I think right now what's going on in the world, you know, we have this, I mean, press, talking about World War Three. I mean, that's yeah. honestly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, obviously what's going on in Israel has turned into this global, like, expose of anti-Western jihadists taking over yeah. our cities and taking down the American flag by Grand Central Station on 42nd and Lexington on Veterans Day. I saw that video. That was and pretty nice. And the nuts. police's hands are tied. Yeah. And they can't do anything about it. And I was like, thank God I moved to Florida. I'm a refugee from New York City, everyone. <laughs> too, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm head of the Blue State Refugee Committee, and I, convi- I think I helped convince him to move down here, too, and be a neighbor. A little bit, a little influential. I, I think I discovered Florida um, on my own, but having <laughs> no, but, but knowing that people like you lived here yeah. what made it easier for me to move here, because to be honest, I was originally thinking Tennessee, That's good. but I don't really know anybody there. <laughs> And I, I know way more people here, yeah. including great people like you. Yes. And we're, <laughs> so I, I'm selfishly wanting all my friends to move here, and many of them did, from places like New York and Washington, D.C., and L.A., and Boston, and, and, and Chicago. Um, but, so we're witnessing the, this yeah. anti-Western phenomenon all coming out. And we're witnessing this evil access of power that's funny. George Bush used to allude to it, and I never really liked him. Yeah. But... I like Bill Maher, who I watch on a weekly yeah. basis, his show on uh, HBO, and he even said George Bush was right, the evil axis. Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. Yeah. And I feel like Trump is the only one up there that can take care of the situation in less than a month. Well, leaving out, um, leaving out Iran, do you yeah. think that American policy has pushed um, China, Russia, and uh, yes. and North Korea together. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and again, I know you're libertarian. I am on domestic. Yeah. But I I believe that America needs, and that's okay, and uh, that we a uh, different opinion. But I believe that America needs to pave the way of the world and always be the superpower. 
and what's happened was we're not we're, we're like yeah. stepping down from that so they step in and they even yeah. met about it yes. they literally had a conference meeting about it they're continuously doing that yes look at saudi arabia just hosted iran in like a conference yes out there and it's like they were enemies yes <laughs> for what 50, how many years at least 50 yeah, and like and and as much as I am not in favor of foreign intervention, I will lay, for yeah. example, the Russian invasion of Ukraine at yeah, the feet of Biden point. because Biden yes. basically invited them to do it. Right? How many speeches did he give where he's like, "Oh, it's, if it's a minor incursion, we're not going to do anything." Like, right. <laughs> I, there I, is something to be said about strength. Exactly. I'm glad you brought up Ukraine because there's more hypocrisy from the Biden administration there. While Biden was just saying, like, you know, condemning Russia, oh, you know, get get out of Ukraine. This is this is, you know, anti-democracy, etc. The Biden administration literally at the same time was meeting in Vienna with Russia and Iran mm-hmm. about removing sanctions and working the Iran deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wake up, everyone. <laughs> I, I know mean, this that- stuff isn't cool to read about, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it feels like We're the Democrats like... We're funding both sides like, of the war. Yes, yeah, that's true. We're funding both sides I've, of the war. We've done that a bunch. Yeah. Uh, the military-industrial complex wins every time. That's but ridiculous. What, what is interesting is I feel like the Democrats do play this Russia game where, for example, they'll accuse Trump of being a Russian agent, huh. but then the evidence comes out that Hillary Clinton's campaign mm. literally funded a Russian agent to create this uh, uh, this fake dirt on Trump. So the Democrats like playing this game of yeah. blame Russia for everything. Right. And and that's why I feel like, yeah, we're, we are pushing all this axis of evil together because we why are we demonizing Russia all the time? Right. Like, I get it. They're not a great country. I don't want to live there. No. That's why I don't live there. But, like, right. <laughs> why is everything blame Russia? It's so right. crazy. Except for now. St- they shied away from it. Yeah. <laughs> this was the talking point when tr- and during the Trump administration. I mean, just look at the Biden's connections to China and Ukraine. It's Yeah, and his uh, Hunter Biden. If Burisma. I if I ever want to find out the root of the problem, I it's very simple. I go, follow the money. Yeah. Where's the money? Follow the money. Where is it coming from? Um same with like Hamas. Why why is the Biden administration giving more money to Gaza? Yeah. It's literally going to Hamas. Yes. If they're so mu- if they're in pain so much, how come they have all this money for rockets and missiles and ammunition? Yeah, and they don't run out of rockets. I don't get how they have so many rockets. Like they've been stockpiling them for years, I guess. Yeah. But like, if Israel is, I, I really don't get how they dropped the ball. Like this isn't really the topic of the conversation. But like, sure. they're looking at this wall or border every single day, yeah. and they've got thousands of rockets. How? How do they get that? Right, I someone pointed out, show me some videos of the trucks coming in from Egypt a few weeks ago. Yeah, with supplies to the residents of Gaza. Yeah, if you look at the trucks, they have so many extra wheels and whatnot. Like that's, that's <laughs> those are arms. Those are that's that those are, that's not like bread and cheese. And no, and stuff. nobody was checking the vehicles even in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it is so. This was just this was like literally two weeks ago. Wow, it doesn't make sense. Um, and then. Uh, just recently in the past 24 hours that we're chatting now um, the IDF released video footage of that Gaza hospital and they have like a children's playroom within the hospital there's tons of ammunition there yeah I saw that video I saw that video that was a a very interesting video I mean 
Yeah. And there's a whole underground world in yeah. the tunnels. At the same time, uh, I actually so go back two weeks from this from today. I was at the Republican Jewish Coalition, which was a um, convention conference in over the weekend in Las Vegas at the mm-hmm. Venetian Hotel, and the sample size of people was about a, of a thousand. Jewish, very patriotic, like Zionist Republicans. I would say mostly intellectually sound, very intelligent, very classy, well-to-do crowd. And I said, okay, this is the sample size. All the candidates were speaking with them. This is a perfect sample size to see like what direction this is going to go in. Um, It was very fascinating. So we could talk about uh, that as well. but it's just it's just outstanding. So basically, a question I asked two of the congressmen there, mm-hmm. who was like, "What's going on with Qatar? They're like housing these right. <laughs> Hamas, you know, leadership. Yeah, and they're the official bank of Hamas and Gaza. Like, why is the Biden administration why the Biden administration like cozying up to them? Because it's all about money. Mm-hmm. It's all about money." They bring in a lot of money for the federal government. Yeah. I guess that's the answer to most things, but right? It's so corrupt. Yeah, it sure is. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. It doesn't make sense. Oh, so. my God. Uh, let's go back to um, the primaries. Yeah. Um, why do you think most people don't bother voting in the primaries? Um, like People are very into the general election um but i think the primaries matter more because the general election only matters if you're in a swing state so you don't think people vote in the primaries not to the same level i think uh well i know with the general election at least places of work usually give you off time yeah so i think that should be important in any like election in the U.S., so that could be part of uh, the issue. Mm-hmm. But I'll just be honest. I think the average American isn't that educated, even knows when they are. Yeah. Um, you know, we ha- like. I think. Well, I think this is going to be about getting as many people out, and the, the like. No matter what party it is, just like going to places that people frequent, like the supermarket, like places to educate them, and then get their information and make sure they they show up but i don't think the primaries and people coming out for it i don't think that's really going to be an issue in this election honestly i told you like i think the primaries are over i think it's already decided well this one yeah this one's it's not going to be close at all in any state well well yeah on the republican side i think on the the democratic side is anybody officially primarying biden or 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 no not yet um i think there's there's a congressman I don't even know his name. I have never heard of him before. He was like on Bill Maher last week. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But the You're right. Ma- I did yeah. hear that. Yeah. There's a major. <laughs> sorry, I didn't research it beforehand, but clearly that's a. I guess he's just trying to get his name out there. Yeah. But to I think me, also, what's his name yes. from the Young Turks is also running. What's his name? Oh, uh, no, I had no idea. Cenk uh, Eager, but I think well, he, he wasn't joke. born in the U.S. He's so. Turkish, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that. But. <laughs> I I, mean, I think Governor Newsom from uh, California, mm-hmm. he is definitely running for president right now. Yeah. He hasn't filed, but he's definitely running for president. I give Vivek credit at the last debate. 
because he called it out. He said, yeah. him or Michelle Obama. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. Do you think that who, if so, once these people start officially announcing, um, depending on who's leading on the Democratic primary side, mm-hmm. do you think that will influence the numbers on the Republican side? Right now, Trump's leading by miles. Sure. If Newsom announces or Michelle Obama announces, do you think those numbers change? Um, yeah, I don't see them. I feel like they're not going to come out until like next summer. It's yeah. way too early. Uh, there's there's another issue the Democrats have right now. They has to be really bad to bring in Plan B, because why wouldn't they let their first black vice president <laughs> female? Well, well, nobody wants her. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, but this thinking of what does that look like? Like she, you know, the Democrats' and largest I, voting block is yeah. the is is the black community. Um, largest. Yes. Voting, meaning of the voting blocks, they get the largest percentage. Yes. But it's still a minority of the total votes. No, but it's it's a it's a huge voting block for them, and for those who not following policy, it looks bad not to support her. But she is completely like disliked. Yeah. She has no charisma. Yeah. Um, she's definitely the opposite of a people person, and I'm, and just blatantly, she is the stupidest person quitting. I've ever heard speak. Oh, she's the worst speaker. Like she's so stupid sounding. I know. Like maybe she's not stupid, but like remember she when sounds she was explaining to people so where stupid. Russia was? It's just a Russia's a country, yeah. and attack this country next to yeah. it called Ukraine. And, and raise your like, hand if whoa. you've ever been on a school bus. Yes. And I love Venn diagrams. Yes, and talking about <laughs> outer space. It's like so they have they have a huge oh issue, God. but but re- but Republicans. So the only I was a I'm originally from Providence, Rhode Island, and I was home there doing a congressional primary on the Democrat side, um, and saw a debate there back in August. Uh huh. Um, a few months back, and I was watching these commercials for these candidates during the primary, and they're like, "We will defend abortion," and like that was their one issue. Right. Well, it makes sense to rally around it, I think. But that's their one issue. So, hello, yeah. Republicans, and this is why they lost in the recent election too. Like we, we were supposed to win a the Republicans were supposed to win a Senate seat in Virginia. Um, like, please wake up and like let go of abortion. This is like this is a socially liberal country as a whole. Yeah, and this is the only thing that the Democrats are running on. It's, it's pretty. Uh, Profound, like yeah, the, the I hear that. They but finally are like catching on to it. You think it. Republicans should give up on pro-life? They don't have to give up on pro-life, but I'm saying you could be pro-life from a moral standpoint, but you also need to respect the general public and decisions they make with their own body. I think, interesting. You know, Europe in Europe, which is very social liberal, their their law is 15 weeks. Okay. Before they they uh, ban abortion, so I, I think 15 weeks is is a moderate. But mm-hmm. uh, safe approach. That could be. So as I'm saying, like that's what Europe has. But you know, we have to learn from. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over again if it's wrong. Like you have to see what the American I mean, people I don't know are interested if it's in. Obviously wrong. I think people have a uh, no, varied. No, we opinions. lost elections on it. No, it doesn't matter. Opinions for sure vary. Yeah. But look at the most recent elections that right. Republicans lost. 
and what the commercials were about and it's like these they're called emotional yeah single issue voters so 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 that's an interesting point right yeah but so at what point because you could say that about any issue right you're saying right now democrats are this is their main issue so that's the one but if they're running about legalizing drugs then you should mm-hmm. say hey republicans maybe give up on that already and you know like like at what point are you, are do you want the republican party to have the same values as the democratic party or it does it make sense for them to have different I don't think it has to be radically different. No, I think we need to reach out. I think you always, you need a bigger tent. Okay. I'm for for a bigger tent. I'm a former Democrat. Okay. Myself. Um, I'm, I think you automatically get registered one in Rhode Island and New York. (laughs) I think so. Um, I just, that's how it is. Like you're born into it. But I'm into like winning and I want as many votes as possible. And like, you know, US is in trouble. We're in a recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we live, which is wonderful, inflation's like the highest in America. It's up 10% where we live. Mm-hmm. Things are tough. Like, there's this funny video okay. going around about the supermarket and being like, oh, but we didn't ring the nuts yet. It's like $15. Like, stop. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's tough. It's tough out so there, it so- right? It sounds like if I were to reword your your position, tell me if I'm getting it correct okay. or not. You want fiscally conservative. You want strong foreign policy, and you want law just and order. Law, yeah, law and order. Yeah. But as far as as anything, um, you know, socially, you know, what you want to categorize as social, mm-hmm. that should be completely liberal. Yeah, I think that. While I'm actually like, let's say, uh, I actually hate cigarette smoking. It's not illegal, but what do people do? They banned it from indoor restaurants, as an example. Mm-hmm. I think it should be similar with like smoking marijuana mm-hmm. because it, you know, there's secondhand smoke. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be similar. I think marijuana legislation should be similar to alcohol. Yeah. Like, I honestly feel like it's in a similar category. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. It's not like, oh, it's totally different. Like, probably be similar. At the same time, where, you know, maybe, though, not have it and, like, you know, close in, like, school zones, as an mm-hmm. example. Like, I was walking down Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills this summer, and there was, like, marijuana like, in my face everywhere. Like, maybe it should not be near vicinity <laughs> of, like, an outdoor restaurant. Same with cigarette smoke. I don't want to inhale it. Mm -hmm. like if I choose not to smoke it so to me that's kind of where it should go and I think if you want to talk about property taxes and sales taxes probably similar to that Um, so I'm not sure if any specific state has got this right yet but I that's what I'm saying it's like yeah I don't think we need to be so stern in our beliefs I think people have to be open to being flexible and like listening to the public yeah and what's working so what was your journey like? You said you used to be a Democrat. Yeah. Um, what was your journey like? How did, how did you become a Republican? Um, I would say it was 2014. Okay. It was a dark and stormy day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it was actually th- via foreign policy, uh, kind of crazy, but it was around, it was during the first Gaza war. It was called uh-huh. Operation Protective Edge, summer of 2014. Uh-huh. Uh, it started with three um, boys being kidnapped. Right. And we actually said, bring back our boys. Yeah. We found out within six days later, tragically, that they were murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, that woke something up in me. 
I started doing, um, I was always involved in, as a lay leader, Uh um, giving back, and I would throw events for like, uh, you know, raising money for impoverished Holocaust survivors. Uh Like always giving back, right? Like doing uh, charity. Were you involved um, in actual Democratic Party stuff, or you were just a no, uh, no. default Democrat, no. but not involved default, politically? Default, not involved really politically. Yeah. Always anything like pro idea, pro Israel group, starch Zionist. Yeah. like my family. That's like, kind starch of like Zionist. my back- background. Yes. I, I I was uh, just like a non-political, like yeah. leaning left because all my friends were, but I didn't really I didn't even think about think it. about it. And then when I got into the Israel stuff, I became more conservative. Yeah. Yeah, like you know was more into like the next music festival and <laughs> no and just enjoying you know my life at the time New York was great iconic safe yeah to live just like really focused on my work and uh, socializing and family and again always but always a student of history my father um, was a literacy professor in his last few years of teaching in Rhode Island as a professor actually ended up running uh, helping run the edu- Holocaust education for the state of Rhode Island and t- taught a course on Holocaust and genocide mm-hmm. to mainly non-Jewish yeah. students actually where did he teach it? Uh, Rhode Island College Okay. and I was grew up of a student of that and knowing mm-hmm. my history I'm a um, I'm a third generation you know, I'm a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. My mother actually was born in Poland, survived pogroms there in the mid fifties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I always knew history, but when those three boys were kidnapped and that Gaza war happened, I was living in Manhattan as yeah. were you, I believe at the time. And overnight, I just noticed my favorite show. I used to watch Jon Stewart on Comedy Central, uh-huh. and I'm like, why is Jon Stewart siding with Hamas? Oh, I did not notice that at the time. Okay, uh, I, was- I was just <laughs> like, what? Like my like the show I watch at night to laugh. Like, what's going on? Why are they anti-Israel? Why are they anti-Jewish? Uh, the news, like, I'm turning it on just to see, you know, because I'm very interested in what's happening in Israel. I turn on the regular news stations. It's like all anti-Israel. I'm outside, and this is actually also a moment where I was by Grand Central Station in Midtown Manhattan. I used to work in Midtown. And uh, I suddenly see people dressed up in Hamas garb and kafayas and things like that in the city, and I've never seen it before. Uh huh. And they have all these anti Semitic signs. And I wear, and you know, we're on a podcast now, so you can't see me, but he can. And I'm wearing my Jewish star, my Magain David, and I wear it every day, or my Chai. Yeah. Necklace. Um, and every day. Like, I, it's just default. Like, some, you know, men wear kipot and yarmulkes. Yep. I wear my star uh, necklace. And for the first time in my life, I turned it around and oh. I put the star behind my neck and hid it under my dress. And then I cross the street and I'm standing next to a police officer and he's like, ma'am are you okay and I said should I not be okay in my own city and then I'm like you're right and I turned back the star around and I said you know I think we need to have a pro-Israel rally and it should be on a Sunday and it's going to be like Woodstock (laughs) and we're going to screw all these people because this is our city and literally it was this grassroots thing and again my my background was more emceeing charity events Uh uh-huh uh-huh but became a part of a group that turned into a Woodstock. And we had 4,000 people in Times Square. Wow. And I'm on a, on a stage suddenly emceeing a rally. And they're like, 
the night before, people are like, you can't just give a heartfelt speech. You need to give a foreign policy speech. Wow. I said, okay. <laughs> so then I start researching foreign policy and what's going on with the Obama administration and why are they telling Israel to stand down? Uh-huh. And, and, and uh, I was just like, okay. So I gave my first foreign policy speech and people were like, I just heard you on NPR on the radio in the taxi cab. And so you gave your first foreign policy speech in the middle of Grand Central? No, in Times in Square, Times Square. On a Sunday afternoon <laughs> in front of 4,000 people wow. that was picked up by the media and news outlets. That's pretty wild. And I was suddenly an activist, like, overnight. Uh-huh. And fully ingrained in politics. And that turned into, you know, I don't need to be the person always on the stage, more doing like policy work and strategy work. Yep. I ended up lobbying against the Iran deal. Yeah. Um, and so to see now, several years later, everything we were fighting against, unfortunately happened and came true. All that money from the deal is funding this war, right. period, Yeah. period. It's 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 awful. Just follow the money. Iran is the root of the problem. It's not just Gaza. Like, yeah. So that is actually my red pill moment. Uh huh. Um, that then got me very into politics, and also you know, 2015, after lobbying against the Iran deal, and it was on the eve of the holiday of Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, where it was the last fight against the deal, mm -hmm. and I'm meeting with. Democrat leading senators and congressmen. And they knew we're about to come in and 10 minutes before they announced, oh, we're, we're siding with Obama. It was awful. It was mm. on the eve of the one of the holiest days of the year. And I said to myself, you know, I'm just a small town girl from Rhode Island. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm going to help whoever can be the next Republican president of the United States. I will, yeah. I vow to like help them and I'll figure out how to help them. Because it's just so important. I mean, that's the only way we're going to tear up this deal. And it was kind of like revenge. Yeah. And um, there were 17 candidates running, if you, yes. if you remember back then. <laughs> and I worked on 52nd and Broadway if, at the if time. If there were less than 17 candidates, let's yeah. say there were four, do you think Trump would have won? Or do you I, think that I'll, was what gave him a lot of the... I'll just tell you, this is the moment where I thought he was going to be the winner. Us, I was working... Again, in Midtown Manhattan, I found out that Donald Trump's giving a huge speech. I had a bunch of friends who wanted me to help out Ted Cruz, but yeah. I was just like, well, let me let me hear. I think Ted Cruz might be too conservative yeah. for the general. <laughs> let me, and he's, he's great. I love him. I think he should be a Supreme Court justice. I think he'd be amazing at that. He's really great. But let, um, let me see. Trump's having an event. I cold called the Trump Organization, literally. And I was just like, hey, I'd like to come. I'm part of the Young Jewish Conservative group of new york can i bring some friends to this announcement sure so we get tickets they gave out free make america great again t-shirts nice. then i kid you not 60 percent of that audience were like fillers because it was like kind of a last minute event and most of them were probably from mexico and didn't speak english <laughs> oh, i remember that that was on the and news and i was sitting and standing with them they literally had no idea what he's saying oh my god and he's speaking. He's coming down the escalator. I have photos of this. I'll show it to you. I, he's coming down the escalator. I was there. I was on the second floor next. There was a Starbucks there. And suddenly he's giving a speech. And he's talking about Mexico and the border. And he's like, we need a closer. I had no idea as a quote-unquote New England slash Yankee, New Englander Yankee. I didn't know we didn't have a secure border. I'm being honest with you. I had no idea. Yeah. I really didn't know. Well, First I hearing I, about it. A lot of it. people didn't know a lot of things. 
And whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, he brought a lot of things to light. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your story, yeah, but there please. are a lot of things even exactly. I didn't know that, you know. I didn't know. People didn't know about the deep state or the swamp. Yeah. There's a lot of things that Trump brought to light. Yes. So give him a lot of props but, for that. But the funny thing is the people in the audience were really from Mexico. They had no yeah. idea what he said. I, I like see him talking about it and I look at them. I'm like, Ugh! and they're like, <laughs> they had no idea what was going on. Anyways, that was a funny moment. But I just, I kept following the, I used a site called Predict It. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept uh, following the primaries. I'm like, he is the only one that can pull this off. Yeah. And I kind of put my neck out on the line and just went in all for him and was a Jewish surrogate at the time and things like that. And Oh, so you were all for him last time in the primary. Yeah, the initial, the first election Uh and then in the second one, I think, I think COVID really, uh, yeah, obviously really hurt. So in in this one, do you want to announce who you're backing in this one? I I was really uh, wavering in some other candidates. I wasn't sure. I'll be honest with you. You asked me last November. Um, was happy to help out with DeSantis's win in the midterm elections, especially that was the first major election I voted in as a new Floridian as uh-huh. I moved here three years ago. And I said, you know, maybe America needs a different kind of uh, energy yeah. right now, a different type of person. And uh, DeSantis run kind of a very libertarian-friendly midterm election yeah. campaign. And I liked it. And again, I thought it was more populist. I thought it was not so extreme conservative. Unfortunately, that campaign made a lot of mistakes. And I would mm-hmm. say March, April this year. Oh, yeah. Um, also being anti-Disney too much, yeah. like anti-business in a anti-free recession. Anti-free speech. Anti-free speech too much. Too much. Too much. Anti-business. We're in a recession. Disney, the Orlando exists because of Disney World. Yeah. Okay. There's a many great employees there. It's, uh, it's. You know, stronghold of Florida. It's like stop attacking Disney. Stop attacking business and research. Stop. He's attacking also these um, immigrant workers in Florida that we need for our agriculture. Mm-hmm. Like they make it run. Like not a time to attack workers. Yeah. Not a time to attack business. Um, I have uh, several really great um, gay friends who are actually members of the Log Cabin Republican Club as well. And his campaign made some anti-Pride remarks too much. What what anti-Pride remarks did he make? I actually am not yeah, familiar with it's, that. Uh, it was the campaign on Twitter. Just It, was, it wasn't it was his words directly, but it came uh-huh. from his campaign. When you say anti-Pride, you mean like Pride, anti-Pride, anti-Pride Pride month? month. Okay, yeah. but not anti-gay. No, but that's... But that was the, the that, optics but of it. But it's not okay. Right. It's not okay. And you have constituents and you can be... You can, you know, it doesn't matter who you love and who you marry. You could still also love, like, you could be yeah. a Republican. And you could still, it doesn't yeah, matter. I agree. I think DeSantis so was, goes too far in these too, things. Where, you know, and again, you're running in a general election. You're not yeah. running for the Bible Belt. Yeah. There's um, a reason why people were calling DeSantis's right. early childhood bill the Don't Say Gay bill uh. because contextually he goes too far on these it's things it's a bit too far you it know could have been, if it was just by mm-hmm. itself then yeah we don't want any children being yeah. taught about inappropriate things yeah but the left gets to call it that because of all these other things yes yes and again on the abortion things why did he switch to six weeks from 15 weeks it's not running a general election and you know if you could say oh i want to get the evangelicals guess what all the evangelicals in 2015, 2016, so the primaries and then the general, they could have supported Ted Cruz. That would make more sense back then. Right. But they supported Trump. Yeah. Not because he's the most religious person in the room, because he emits strength. 
Yes. They respect strength. Right. So it's just like... And DeSantis with his kind of... I know it's stupid, but his defensiveness around the the boot thing and the the heels, right? Oh, I don't even know about that. Really, he has no sense of humor, so that oh. comes off as weak too. Right, you need if you charisma. Can't actually, respond to someone accusing you of wearing fake heels in a in a way like <laughs> like that Nikki Haley did. She's like, use it as a weapon. That was funny. She says, yeah, I use it as a weapon. Say anything. He gets so right. defensive about it. Right, you and I. I noticed it in a Piers Morgan interview he did in around March, April as well. And I was like, uh-oh, where's the improvisational humor? It's yeah. like he needs to be so scripted. So dry. You need to be, you need to be funny. Like I'm, I feel call myself the female uh, Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I love that. I love the outline of that show. It's like they don't have every script. They don't have written out completely. They've outlined the show and you go for it. Like every candidate needs to be like that and be lighthearted. Trump is the master of that. He's a, a really uh, a great uh, public speaker. He knows how to you know, work the audience. And so I decided when I back to that conference I went to in mm-hmm. Vegas, the Republican Jewish Coalition, I was like, let me see how everyone reacts to all the different presidential candidate speeches. And then all of them spoke, every single presidential candidate in the morning. It was a Saturday morning. Then we break bread, we have lunch, we uh-huh. say our blessing on the wine, kiddush, and everyone's like, so? Yeah, the primary's over. Yeah. Like, People were screaming when Trump came on and applauding and crying. And what he said at that conference, again, three weeks after October 7th, and the, I would would call it a Holocaust in Israel, another Holocaust in Israel. It it was, he said what we all wanted to hear. He called, he's like, Hamas and Hezbollah, they're also in the US and they're coming through our border. Yeah. And they're coming through, and they're coming through immigration. Yeah, I'm and very worried about that. We're extremely worried. And he said, they are jihadists, period. And the average American can understand that because they might not know what Hezbollah is and a terror proxy of Iran. They don't. The average American doesn't understand to this degree like what's going on. But they understand the word jihadists. And that's what he called them. And he goes, if you hate America, if you're anti the existence of Israel, if you hate Western principles and you're pro-jihadist, you're out. We don't want you here. We're kicking you out. Like anyone. And that goes from students to citizens to immigration papers. And secure the border. Yeah. Look at what happened to Israel. They broke through the border. They yeah, had no the border. The most secure border They lost their the sovereignty. World. When you don't have a secure border, you lose your sovereignty. So I just really appreciated him saying that, and that's what we needed. Yeah. That's what we needed. And and so now you're backing Trump. I'm all in. All in on the Trump train. I'm all train. in, whether it's popular or not. Listen, it was even less popular when I came out for him in 2015. Yeah. I so lived on what? the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Yeah. You did too, right? Uh-huh. You think it was popular to yeah. be a yeah. Trump supporter? I remember I would, I would post about it to my Facebook they, back then, Facebook yeah. was more popular than Instagram. Now I do both, right? Uh-huh. But um, I would have people who lived in my apartment complex do keyboard warrior bullying me. Uh-huh. And then I would see them in the synagogue and they'd be like, quiet. And I was like, well, you have nothing to say now? Yeah. It was you know? uh, dangerous times. It was dangerous. There, there is still somebody on the West Side that wears a Trump hat wherever he goes. Huh. He's, I think he's a little strange. But um, <laughs> I uh, like he'll show up at like shul. like sure. like. It, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, I, uh, one time on Purim, I like dressing as Dumbledore 
from Harry Potter, sure. but I like to Love do Harry different Potter. types of Dumbledores. So one year I was Trumpador, oh. and I got a MAGA hat, and yeah. I changed America to Hogwarts. So it says, make Hogwarts great again. That's funny. You know how many stares I got on the subway just for wearing a red hat that looked like a MAGA hat? Like, people were like... And then they oh, would read it, and then, they, and then they would have to like... But it, this red hat provoked such a visceral reaction in people. Wow. <laughs> I, and just the red hat, right? You can't even wear a yeah. red hat. That is... I, I saw somebody with a red hat, uh, and it, it looked like a MAGA hat, but when you got close, right. it said... Made you look. Black Lives Matter. Oh, and that's that was the funny. funniest thing ever. I love that. I love that. It's. I did a perm costume one year in Manhattan. And there was a party like Highline Ballroom, which is like Midtown West. Yeah. Like way West. And it was a perm. It was a costume party. And I dressed up as Pocahontas. Like Disney's Pocahontas. But then I had a name tag that said, hello, my name is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. I posted it and so many people saying, how insulting, how disgusting. It's like, come on, that's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's funny. people don't have a sense of humor. First of no. all, Trump is hilarious when he was calling her Pocahontas. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the 23andMe, I mean, that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, that was really uh, funny. And people are like, oh, he, he's... Uh, He's a racist or something. Like, no, she's th- she's the racist. She's the one who made this all up. Right, she made it up. <laughs> she made up the entire she lied about her background. Oh my god. All right, <sighs> so so the primary's over and <laughs> That's Trump, how I feel. Trump wins. Somehow Biden is still running. We have Trump versus Biden <laughs> round 2. <laughs> What do you think happens? I think if you look at the polls today, which is months out and we're not even in the general yet, like Trump's Trump literally is if the election was held today, he would be winning. That's a uh, they had a poll of Trump versus Biden and Trump was oh, shown yeah, as several winning. states in battleground states in battleground, it was states. battleground states. How do you think the country reacts if Trump wins? Well, hopefully with his laws he's talking about, he just shuts people down that. uh <laughs> You know, I don't think I don't think I don't think men I don't think they'll stand for these riots anymore. I think we're I think I think uh, most Americans are done with it. Well, all the riots happened under Trump. Those were the the summer of love. That was all under Trump. It was it was all it was all funded. I mean, they came out recently. How much did Soros give given to these left wing? Seriously, over fifteen I know, million dollars. I, I, I just found out about that. Look, I, I, look at I, look at Washington D.C. That. January 6th, they're like literally defacing our precious monuments in D.C. and the White House. I don't even know if the Biden administration commented on it, by the way. I think they were silent on it. To me, this is the worst insurrection I've seen. Which, and, which one? Oh, two weeks ago with the uh, Hamas uh, rallies in D.C. by the White House. Oh, that, that they was... They graffitied the White House gates. Uh-huh. They defaced, like, George Washington and all these other beautiful monuments, and they put kafayas on the uh-huh. on their faces, on the statues. Um, and they said that they were being bussed in from other areas, like, like Chicago, as an example. Um, follow the money. I mean, <laughs> even Elon Musk said Soros really hates humanity. He said that in an interview well, with Joe Rogan last uh, week. Um, George Soros and, and Bill Gates and, and most of these billionaires yeah. are actually looking forward to human extinction it. or at least the reduction in, in human oh, yeah. population. And Elon Musk is right. uh, thinks the human population needs to grow more. Yes. 
Um, I don't know. I think even though Elon Musk is kind of a robot or kind of an alien, I think he really cares about humanity. And these other billionaires yeah. hate humanity. Yeah. I I mean, him buying Twitter was more of pro bono service, but I love what he's doing yeah. with it and optimizing it. And um, I have a. When, I think he's one of the he, saviors. He, he doesn't need to run for president to be one of the saviors of. The yeah, West. I always thought he was going to be the fan. savior. I thought he was going to be Mashiach, and I found out he wasn't Jewish, and I, I was like, are I know, you sure? I know, Elon, yeah. He's going to take us to the promised land, to Mars? He's going to uh, take us to the other planets? I He's going to so save us? I am so grateful for him. But, uh, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan, and, and, and Joe asked him, uh, you know, you paid however much for... Uh, for Twitter, how much did it end up actually being worth? And he said it was worth everything. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so very grateful to him. And yeah, I mean, uh, but it's yeah. interesting because like Jack Dorsey hmm. seemed like he was into like some of this philosophy also. But I think uh, after he, whoever took over after him was totally not. But then Mark Zuckerberg, who I used to hate, um, I don't know. He's starting to really uh, like go on podcasts and sound like a normal person. Ah, oh, something happened. I mean, even his wife, you know, she converted to Judaism. Really? For him. She's, oh, yeah. She's been uh, doing a lot of pro-Israel uh-huh. work and, and held an event for Israel as well. So just one more thing I wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, all right. So pe- people talk about, you know, Jewish vote, black vote, white educated woman vote. To what extent can votes be predicted based on affiliation? Hmm. Is there a threshold when pandering becomes offensive? I think pand yeah, I think pan too much pandering is very offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh I think that's why it's important that people like let's say campaign supporters, whether it be Trump or Biden's campaign, whatever, that they have those surrogate surrogates coming from those communities. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's more authentic. Okay. Like, I think there needs to be, like, coalitions and advisory boards representing each community and then those people speaking to their own communities. Otherwise, it's totally pandering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Eve, we're getting to the end of our time. I want to thank you again for joining me. Thanks Before for you leave, what is one thing, if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know about the Republican primaries? As I mentioned, primaries are over. World's a crazy place. Let's just all unite behind the clear winner, Trump, and beat the left. Now I know. (laughs) 